Thank you for listening to Connection Church's podcast. This week, we hear from Pastor Brandon Williams. Sometimes in a family, you have to sit everyone down and have a heart-to-heart. The same is true for a church, and that's what happened in today's message. So for those of you that call Connection your home, this message is meant just for you. Morning. Hope y'all are doing good. Y'all, y'all look excited to be here today. Are y'all excited? Y'all stay up too late? It's going to be a good day, man. God's here. Uh, he's faithful to be here. Um, he's promised us he will be, and we're gathered in his name, and, and I look forward to what he's going to do today. Um, real quick, man, I'm excited about the baptisms this afternoon. Come out and fellowship with us. It's going to be an awesome time. Um, we get to celebrate uh, these folks publicly professing their faith in Christ and the fact that they're going from death to life, man, is something to celebrate. Absolutely awesome uh, that we can do that. So come out and be a part of that. Um, also, if you got one of those baby bottles a couple of weeks ago, Bring that, you can still bring that back, okay? Phil, throw some change in that thing. It's for a good cause, um, choices of the heart, and uh, they do a great ministry. If you got that, bring that thing on back. We'll, uh, we'll bless them uh, with, uh, with uh, whatever we can put in those bottles. Throw a few hundreds in there, whatever you want to do. Bring those things on back. So it'd be awesome. Um, I'm going to start a new series today, as you can see. It's called Illuminate, and uh, really excited about this because it is a series based on the Holy Spirit that we're going to really be looking at the Holy Spirit and uh, a lot of misconceptions about the Holy Spirit and, um, and, and, and a lot of uh, things we just don't really understand about the Holy Spirit. We'll be looking at that over the next few weeks. Um, today is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I, I have literally prayed and studied probably harder for this series um, than, than any other series that, that I can remember. I mean, I, I really have tried to put the time in and, and I had worked on a message for you today that, that man, it was, it was going to be awesome, right? Now, I don't know how good it would have been, but here's the deal. Like Thursday night, I've been working on this message for several weeks. Thursday night, God's like, <clears throat> don't preach that. Really, God? Did you have told me that like maybe three or four weeks ago? That would have been nice. Um, but today, here's the thing that I want to do. I really just want to share my heart with you on where I feel like we are as a church. And I really want to share what I feel like the Holy Spirit has got to do in us um, together if we're going to see God do everything that he wants to do through this church. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts chapter 6. We're going to be there today um, looking at some scripture. I really believe it speaks to where we are as a church. Um, and I, I really want you to hear my heart today. Listen, I don't want my heart to be misconstrued. I, I want you to understand um, I want everything... That I want us to do everything that God has called us to do. Everything that three years ago, when God put in our heart to start this church, everything that God created us to do. And my heart today is that we would step into what God's calling us to be. That we would step into what God created us to do. And that literally, when this thing is over, when you and I check out, we go to be with Jesus. We can literally say we left nothing on the table. We fulfilled every ounce of potential that God has given us. And we did everything that God created us to do. Anybody, wouldn't you like that to be your legacy? You're excited about it, I can tell. It's going to be awesome. All right, look, Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Um, we're, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2 first, and then we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit. Uh, Acts chapter 6. It says, in those days when the number of disciples, this is the first church, uh, early church, the that when uh, the day of Pentecost came, they started growing, it started exploding. It says, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, 
The Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word in order to wait on tables. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity today to just be in your word. We thank you for the opportunity today that we can gather as your body to do um, all you've created us to do, Lord. That we would celebrate you and what you've done in our lives. That you've taken us, Lord, from death to life through Jesus. You've given us his life. You've given us his righteousness, his perfection. Today, Lord, we celebrate that. But God, I pray that it would not stop here. That it would carry over into um, our work, our recreation, everything we do, God. That this church, your church, Lord, would be a demonstration of the manifold wisdom that, that you possess, God, of your glory. That people would truly look at the church. And, and see how amazing you are, Lord. Lord God, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start out just tell you a quick story, um, kind of set this up. This week, um, I was at the gym and uh, I, I work out with a guy who is much stronger than me, which stinks, man, because everything we do is a struggle for me. And, 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 and so he's like, let's go outside um, and, and let's do some lunges and let's jump on this tire thing. And I was like, okay. But then he goes over and he picks up 53 pound kettlebells. Y'all know what those are? Like the big bell things like that I can't even hardly get my hands around. And he's like, we can use these. I'm like, to do lunges? He's like, yeah, let, let's go do this. I'm like, <clears throat> part, excuse me. I weigh 200 pounds. Maybe a little more. Those things weigh 53 pounds each. That means you're wanting me to lunge with 300 plus pounds. You don't understand. I do good to walk. And so we go out there and he's like, come on, let's do 15 that way and 15 this way. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so we start lunging, you know, doing the lunges. And the whole time I'm like, I'm going to die. And, and literally like the, that by the time we get through one and a half of these down and backs, it was when I would squat down like this with them the concrete, the pavement was like literally turning colors. It like go green and then light. I'm like, is the light changing? And I realized it was like my temples were about to explode. And so I'm like, I'm finishing this. And he's like doing it, you know, and he's going and, and, and I'm like, I'm finishing this. My God, I am finishing these lunges. And so whether it kills me or not, you know, they're gonna be like fat boy down behind the gym. Come nine one one, come help him. And, and whatever it takes, I am finishing these lunges. And so I go and I finish and, and I got done and I was like, oh, that was challenging and literally about to die. Well, then he's like, let's go over here and jump on this tire. Literally, the tire, tire is this big. It's like this tall. And so I'm over there and I start to jump. About my third jump, I pull a muscle in my chest. And I was like, how do you pull a muscle jumping? And strain something in my chest. And so then I'm like having to do it like one arm. But I did, I finished, I, I, I finished it. And the reason, you know, here's the reason why. I did not want to admit that I was weaker. Whole reason. I did not want to admit my weakness. Anybody like to admit your weakness? No. Especially guys, we're like, I can do that. You know, whatever it is, it's like, yeah, I can do that. It's just like me, I can do that. Because we don't want to admit our weakness. Thursday night, um, I'm riding my truck and 
the Lord dropped in my heart a few things. And one of those is that today I need to admit a weakness. Um, sat there for a while and argued with God. And I was like, God, I don't want to do that. I didn't really ask you if you wanted to. And the thing that I want to tell you is, uh, one, with a heart of repentance is this. Look, over the last three years, there's probably been more days in this church that I've tried to hold on to the church. I've tried to control the church. I've, I've, I've worried about what's going to happen with the church. I've, I've, I've literally physically and emotionally and mentally drained myself because I have been so consumed with the church. And I realize now that that's got to stop. I can't do it. I also realize this. This church has grown to a place. It's gotten to a spot where it's bigger than me. It's bigger than our staff. We can't do it. That's a hard thing to admit. You know what? Like, we can't do it. And see, my, my fear in sharing this is that you hear one of two things. One is like, okay, is he leaving? Like, no, I'm not leaving. Like, peace out, see you, bye. The second thing is that you would think that we feel like we've done this on our own. And we haven't. Everything that's happened here has been because of God working in the hearts of people. I think Billy said it best this morning in our 10 o'clock meeting with our, when all our connectors come together. And he said, you know, God, he was praying. He said, you know, God, at best, without you, Brandon's a motivational speaker. It's like, good to know you have my back, Billy. <laughs> but isn't it true? Because you and I, we, we can't change anybody's heart. We can't do anything uh, to change anybody's eternity. We can't change a life. Only the Spirit of God working through us can. And we've been able to see some incredible things happen that God has done. But I'm here today and I'm admitting my weakness that I can't do this anymore. Our staff can't do this anymore. I think we're at the same exact place that they were in Acts 2. The Bible says this. It says that when the number of disciples were growing, it says that, man, things were exploding. The church was growing like crazy. And it said a dispute arose. Imagine that. I know that has never happened in church, right? Those of you who've been in church for a while, you've never seen a dispute in church because, you know, everything's perfect in church and it's not. The reality was God was adding to their number like crazy. People are coming. They're being saved. They're being baptized, filled with the Spirit of God. God is doing incredible things through the Spirit, through the apostles preaching. And then one day, it hit them. We can't do this anymore. The, the, the Grecian Jews were complaining against the Hebraic Jews. It's just two different two people with different um, cultural backgrounds that are coming together. And, and the Grecian Jews are like, listen, y'all are taking care of the, the Jewish widows. What about our widows? You're not taking care of ours. And it came to a place where they had to do something. There were basically two options. One is we can take care of the people who are here. 
Or two, we can continue to preach the word and pray and see God move in the hearts of people. And after they sought the Lord and they sought the Holy Spirit, they found out that the answer was yes. God, do you want us to take care of people? Or God, do you want us to preach the word and pray? And God said yes. And so it brought them to a place where they had to make a decision. They had to make a choice. One, one of two things can happen. The apostles can go and they can take care of, of, of the Jewish widows and the Greek widows. And they can take care of all these people. And they can do this. At the, and we can just stay like we are. And we can just keep doing what we're doing. Or... We can find some people, we can give them responsibility and they can take it and they can run with it. And we can continue to preach the word. And this is what I would tell you guys today. Listen, if you're here for the first time, this is going to be sort of like you sitting in on a family conversation. All right. For those of you who this is your church, I I, I just want you to see this. We are in the same type of spot. Where we are going to either have to make some changes, which is what they did. We're going to have to have a different perspective, which is what they had. Or we're going to stay right where we are. This is the thing I know. I know like I'm standing on this stage right now that we will not go any further until we get a different perspective. How many of you, and I don't know, I may be embarrassed by this, but how many of you would say that God's done anything through the ministry here at Connection Church in your life? Anything at all? Raise your hand. Hands everywhere. How many of you would like that to happen in somebody else's life? Raise your hand. Amen. I would too. And basically, here's our options. One, we can obtain a different perspective. The Holy Spirit can illuminate our heart, give us a new perspective. And we can become what God designed us to be in the first place. Or we can just go, man, that was an awesome three years. Really cool, wasn't it? What all God did. How he, how he brought all those people that day and they got baptized in a dirty bathtub outside the high school. Wasn't that awesome? And we'd go and baptize people in the river, man. That was so cool until we killed all the fish. Man, people getting saved. That was awesome. You remember when? You remember when? You remember when? Remember when stinks. If we start saying remember when as a church, listen, it's awesome. Let's celebrate those things. But if the only thing we have is remember when, we're in trouble. The other option, listen, listen, listen. I don't even think, that's not even, I don't, let's take that off the table. The other option is that we become the body of Christ. We become the church. Listen, man, I hear people all the time go, well, I just like a small church. Listen, there are some definite benefits to a small church, but let me tell you why I like a big church. It forces you to be the body. It can't be all about a pastor. It can't be all about staff members. It's got to be the body taking care of the body. 
That's where we've got to get to. Listen to these next couple of verses here. It says in verse 3, Brother, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also, Philip, procure, man, <clears throat> Procurus, Nikant, Nikki, Timon, that's the guy from uh, Madagascar, not Madagascar, the Lion King, Parmenas, and Nicholas, from, I think that's the only one I got right, Nicholas, from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So what did they, they decided, listen, we've got to preach the word. We've got to pray. In other words, they had to do what God had commanded them to do. They knew what their role was. They knew what they needed to do. And I want you to understand that, that, that what I believe God has called me to do, what God has gifted me to do, and, and even for me to say that is like a stretch, because I'm like, you sure, God? Is to preach the word is to pray, is to lead. I, I want to share with you, because I want you to understand where I'm coming from, Ephesians 3, 8 and 9. It's, it's, it's literally my life verse that I feel like this is what God said, this is what I created you to do. This is Paul speaking to the Ephesians. He says, although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. I believe with all my heart that the one thing that God has called me to do for this church, in this church, in this world, is to preach the gospel. To do everything within my ability that God has given me to make the gospel plain. And that's what I'm going to do. There are some things that I think we've got to realize as a church that are here in Acts 6, um, 1 through 7. One thing is this. It was the church that took responsibility. So many times in our culture, in our church culture, we look to the pastor. We look to the church staff to do it all. That's not what happened in the church in Acts. In that church, the people took responsibility. Can you imagine like the first time that, 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 that Stephen walked in with some food? I, I wonder if the, 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 the widows looked at him and were like, you're not Peter. Where's Peter? I want Peter to bring me my ham sandwich. Well, they wouldn't be eating ham. Yeah, that had to be the Greek. No, they were Jewish. They probably didn't eat ham. I want Peter to bring me my fish. I wonder if that's what happened. And see, this is the thing, guys, I want you to understand. And this is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want you to understand something real quick. If you look at 1 Corinthians 12, down in, in verse 11, it says, and it's speaking of spiritual gifts, it says, all these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. This is what I want you to hear today, folks. You have been gifted by God to work in the church. You have been gifted by God 
to serve others. Listen, there is no such thing as a second class Christian. Right? Listen, I don't have a red phone sitting by my bed that I pick it up and God's like, yeah, what do you need now? It don't work like that. And the Bible tells us that if we are in Christ, we have all been clothed by Christ. So that the same Jesus that works in me, that works in Billy, that works in John, Tony, that works in our staff, that works in those who are volunteering, that the same spirit that is in us is in you. The same Jesus. It's why you don't have to wait on me. You grab a believer and you start praying. You're, there's no such thing as a second class Christian. And and listen, I want you to understand, you have been gifted by God. I'm just a part of the body, just like you. Our staff is a part of the body, just like you. And it takes all the body parts for this thing to function. God designed it that way. And it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can find unity as the body to overcome obstacles, to be what God created us to be, to do what God created us to do. You've also got to realize, listen to verse 7 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? The common good. I want you to understand that when you are in Christ, the Spirit of God comes into your life and you are supernaturally gifted to serve Him, serving the kingdom of God. And it is specifically for the common good of the people. In other words, it is to build up His church. It is to build up His bride. the, the, The church is the bride of Christ. And we are gifted. We are given gifts. We are anointed and empowered by the Holy Spirit so that we, you and I, can do the works of ministry that He created for us to do long, long ago. You are gifted. And this is why, listen to this in Ephesians 3 again, in verse 10. It says, His intent was that now... Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. I'm going to read it again because this is an incredible verse. It says his intent, God's intent, was that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to, to who? The rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. Isn't that incredible that God says this, my intent is to empower you through my spirit, to gift you through my spirit so that the church is built up so much that people look at the church and they go, wow. God did that. Because with all, listen, we're not, we're, we're not like the sharpest tool in the shed. You know what I'm saying? And God says, listen, my spirit in you has gifted you, has recreated you so that you can be a part of building up my church for my glory. What an awesome privilege. 
what an awesome thing we get to be a part of. To build up his church, to build up his bride, to prepare ourselves for the day when he returns to take his bride so that you and I shine the glory of God to the people in the world. What an awesome privilege. What an incredible opportunity. But see, here's the thing. It doesn't happen because a few people do everything. It happens when a group of people's hearts are set on fire by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our lives are transformed. And out of gratitude, we begin to serve the God that transformed our hearts. Listen to me. All What you see, this a person whose life was transformed by God. That's all. If you had told me 12 years ago I'd be standing on the stage speaking to you, I'd have been like, you are on. I don't know what you're doing, but give me some. Because I would have not have thought it. And here's the reality, guys. I didn't know. God just changed my heart and my desire is that now he would change every single person's heart that I come in contact with. That their lives would be transformed by the same love and grace that I encountered. That his church would be built up in the power of the Holy Spirit. That it becomes becomes tangible evidence of the reality of God in this world. That's what God desires to do. But it takes all of us. I'm amazed. Listen, I'm amazed at how many people I run into in town who have been coming to this church for 6, 12 months, a year, two years even. And I'll run into them and they'll come up to me and they're like, hey man, really enjoy church. I hear y'all are doing some baptisms next Sunday. Because we all say y'all, you know, I mean, so. I hear y'all are doing some baptisms next Sunday. And I'm like, you've been coming to this church for 12 months. When does it become we? When does it go from y'all to we? Because until we all take responsibility for this vision that God has given, for this treasure he has imparted into our hands, and we begin to steward it well, and we begin to honor God with our lives, and with the way we live them, and the way we serve others, and the way we go about our business, and the way we do things in the church and outside the church, until we buy into it, it's never going to be what it could be. And I believe our church is at a different place than it's ever been. Because this cannot be driven, it cannot be managed by the Spirit of God working through me or our staff. Where we go from here is up to you. Will you beg the Holy Spirit to set your heart on fire? Will I continue to beg the Holy Spirit to set my heart on fire? That we would run together. That we would do what God places before us to do. Are we going to chalk it up to a good run? And do what everybody has sort of wanted us to do or expected us to do. I won't say wanted. Expected us to do. And be a flash in the pan. You ever been to the Japanese restaurant? 
Y'all like that? Where they cook in front of you? Kind of cool. I, I think if I, if I have to have a second career, I'll probably do that. That'd be awesome. You know, you chopping up the food. And then what they, they always take the onion and they stack it up and they put something in it, dynamite. I don't know what it is that they put in there. And they take a match and it's like, and everybody's like, oh, you know, and it's like the hundredth time you've seen it, but you're just like, oh, and then he takes the little guy out, the little fireman looking thing. And it is it like, looks like he's going to the bathroom on it. You know what I'm talking about? Like he's, he's, we say TT around our house. He's like, he's TTing on it. And he's like, he's like, <laughs> you know, he's doing that. And then everybody's like, <laughs> and they clap. Cause y'all do that every time, don't you? Oh, and then you feel obligated to clap, even though it's like he missed the shrimp in his hat. I don't know why we should clap. But everybody's like, oh, he's, you know, he leaves. I want to have one of those little squirty things for my table at home. Like our kids, I'm like, eat your green beans. No, you know, just. But he takes it, he fills that thing up, he throws a match. And then it's like, Gone. He said, I want to finish well. I want to do everything that God created us to do. Listen, I don't want to be nine, the nine out of ten that don't finish in ministry. You know that? Nine out of ten people that go into ministry don't finish. You believe that? I heard it put like this. That that would be like ten of us getting on an airplane and jumping out knowing that only one out of the ten had a parachute that works. Anybody want to volunteer for that plane ride? I want the church to finish well. I want us to do everything that we were created to do, that God had in mind when he put this in our hearts to do. And the way that happens is that we step into the church. And listen, the the, the last thing I will tell you today that, that I feel like we've got to do as a church, one thing we've got to do, listen, is, is, is we've got to realize we're gifted. Another thing we've got to do is we've got to realize we're gifted for the common good, for the church, to build up the church. The next thing I would tell you we've got to do is in obedient to the Spirit of God, we have to step in to the church. We just have to step. I hear people all the time, they're like, well, this is what you need. You just need to step in your gifting. Just walk in that thing. Just step on into your gift. And then that puts us in, in this like really like a quandary because we're like I don't even know what my gift is what am I stepping into I don't even know like what is it that 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 I'm supposed to be doing I would tell you this don't don't worry about stepping into your gifting just step just step in just step into the church Just quit hanging around the fringes. You're missing an incredible ride. Just step in. God will reveal your gifting. God will reveal your role. Just step in. I've done everything from children's ministry to youth ministry to leading a Sunday school class. I've done all kinds of stuff. And you know what it was? It was preparation to get me to the point where I am today. Isn't it amazing that Stephen and Philip both went on to have incredible speaking ministries? They went on to have incredible evangelistic ministries. Um, Philip took the gospel to an entire city who never heard it before. Isn't it amazing? But what happened is when there was an opportunity, when there was a need, they said, 
listen, there's some Christ followers who are full of the Holy Spirit and they've got enough wisdom to organize a food pantry. Would you do this? And they said, yes. You've been gifted by God to be used in his kingdom. You have been gifted by God to build up his church. Now is time to step. It's time to step into his church to allow God to graft you into his body. And listen, if that's not here, that's fine. But find somewhere to plug in. Find somewhere that God attaches you to his body. Because can I be, I'm I'm, going to be perfectly honest with you. If all you do is attend on Sunday morning, you're really not being a part of the body. I'm not saying you're not in Christ. I'm not saying you're not saved. But what I am saying is if you are, you're severed. And it's kind of gross to think about, but if I lop off my pinky, it's not going to live very long. And separated from the body, you're not either. Your spiritual life is going to struggle. You are not designed to do life by yourself. You are not designed to simply consume and never give back. To think that you can be on the outside, just attending, and you're actually a part of the body would be like me waking up on a, one morning and walking in and looking at the mirror, and I've got this big tick that's stuck to the side of my head. And then I look in the mirror, and I'm like, wow, I grew a new body part overnight. Where did that come from? When in reality, it's not a body part. It's a parasite. I looked up the definition of parasite this week just because I do goofy stuff like that. You know what I found out it was? A parasite was one who either lived in or on another, which was called the host, and derived its nutrients at the expense of the host. I thought, There's the church. Because here's the deal, guys. If we aren't being a part of the solution, what are we doing? And I want you to hear my heart in this. This is not to condemn. This is not to say you don't need to come here. This is what God has dealt with me on this. We've got to do this together. Or we've done what we're going to do. I want to continue to see people's lives change. I want to continue to see hearts change. I want to continue to see people's lives where they they come to Christ and Christ does a miracle in them. But it's going to take all of us. There's a verse of scripture in uh, 1 Samuel actually in chapter 14, and uh, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it. It's about a guy named Saul and his son, Jonathan. And, and they're in this place where they are in a battle with the Philistines. And, and the Philistines were like, it was kind of like the thorn in their flesh, man. They were always coming at them. They were always fighting each other. They were always doing these things. Uh, to, to, to just, they, it was just a constant battle. 
And where we find it in 1 Samuel is basically Saul won't step up and do what Saul's supposed to do because he was the king of Israel. And so his son Jonathan decides he's going to do something. And Jonathan is standing across and he's looking and there's this, this like, uh, I guess it would be like a plateau uh, where he looks and he sees these Philistine warriors. And he looks at his armor bearer. And armor bearer was a, a guy who, who would go with him and who would... Um, be there is like his right hand man to protect him and to fight with him. And he looks at his armor bearer. And, and this is what, uh, the, this, how the story goes. I just want to read it to you. It says, one day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to the young man bearing his armor, come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree at Migron. With him were about 600 men, among whom was Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod. He was the son of Ichabod's brother, Ahitub. Man, help a brother out here. Son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the, last, the Lord's priest in Shiloh. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. Listen, on each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes, the other was called Senna. One cliff stood to the north toward Michmash, the other to the south toward Geba. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, listen now. He says to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. And then his armor bearer looks at him and says, do all that you have in mind. Go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. And Jonathan says, come then. We will cross over towards the men and let them see us. And they go on and they go and they show themselves. They reveal themselves to these Philistines. They were outnumbered and they go and they, they like, look at us, here we are. And the Philistines are like, come on up here, we'll show you something. We'll take you out. And so they go and they climb up with his, his, his armor bearer, Jonathan and his armor bearer right behind him. And they go up and they begin to fight these Philistines. And it says that Jonathan's going through. He's just taking them out and the armor bearer's coming right behind him and they're killing him and they're taking him down. And I think this is an incredible image of how the church should operate. I think this is an incredible image of how we should be as a people who have been empowered and equipped, anointed, called by the Holy Spirit to do his work, to build his church, to glorify God with one another. That you and I should have each other's back, that we should look at this thing and we should look at each other and say, do what you have in mind. I'm with you, heart and soul. Isn't it funny that when, then, then, when Jonathan says this and he tells this, uh, this armor bearer about his plan, he says, listen, this is what I have in mind. And then he says, do all you have in mind. I'm with you, heart and soul. And then Jonathan said, come then. Let's go. I guess that's what I would tell you today. Is I want him run. I want to see God do incredible things. But where are you? What's your heart? Is your heart, let's go. I'm with you, heart and soul. Is your heart, well, I don't know. I kind of enjoy just drifting in and drifting out. I can tell you this, 
If you want to see God do something incredible, then go all in, heart and soul. If you want to be a part of a community like nothing you've ever seen, go all in, heart and soul. But if not, if not here, find somewhere. But don't just keep drifting in and out. You have too much potential. You've been gifted too much by God. You've been called to build his kingdom, to build his church. What are you going to do? We went, we went to a conference last year, actually about this time. And uh, when we were there, we uh, listened to a message that a guy preached. And at the end, he was challenging our staff. Our whole staff was there. And he was challenging our staff and our leadership that we would go to you know, the pastor and say, I'm with you heart and soul and that we would look at each other and say I'm with you heart and soul and that we would be all in and it was really an awesome time man it was like the Lord really moved in that time and we were all like crying praying for each other like I love you man I love you it was awesome and we left there like so unified so together ready to storm the gates of hell if that's what it took because we knew each other had the others back. We were in it together. And when I got back, uh, uh, one day I walk in and to a meeting and, and there was a plaque that they gave me. And it was really, really awesome because it had 1 Samuel 14, 7, the verse we just read on it. And it said, do all that you have in mind. Go ahead. I'm with you, heart and soul. And on the back, every one of our staff members had signed it. You got no idea what that meant. And I want to tell you today, those of you who are here, those of you who, this is your church, this is your home, I want you to know I'm with you heart and soul. My challenge to you is, where's your heart? Is it here? Is God using your life to build his church for his glory? Are you willing to step and step in? Are you willing to get in a connect group, to be a part of a small group? Listen, you may sit there and say, well, they don't have anything to offer me. Well, maybe that's why God would put you in a group. First of all, humble yourself. Second of all, maybe that's why you're in a group is to help be a part of the solution. Well, I don't have time to serve. I, you know, and, and by the way, Brandon, you get paid to do this and you got plenty of time. It's the funniest thing. People think like I walk in my office on like Tuesday morning and, and that there's nothing to do. So I just walk in, the heavens part, the light rains down in the office. I open my Bible and it's just like, I actually had a guy one day at the gym. He came up to me and he's like, I hear Snooky's is closing. I'm like, yeah, it is. Unfortunately for me and my bank account, yes, it is. And he was like, well, why don't you just run it? 
I was like, dude, don't you know, like, I pastor a church. He goes, yeah, but you just work on Sundays. I mean, why can't you do it like they're closed on Sundays? After he picked himself up off the ground. Uh, but listen, I, you know, well, I'm too busy to serve. Listen, you get served by busy people every week. We have people here who work 50, 60 hours a week. And they come in at 6 o'clock on the morning, in the morning on Sunday to help set up. If your life's been touched by God, then you'll want to give back to God. You'll want to create the same opportunity for other people. And listen, you don't just serve here. Listen, serve wherever you are. But we're called to build his church for the glory of God. Are you in it, heart and soul? Has God touched your life? Has he changed your life? Has the Holy Spirit done a work in your heart so that you realize you are gifted? You realize you're gifted for the common good of other believers? And has he prompted your heart to step and to step into the church? I'm in this heart and soul, guys. And so is our staff. I guarantee you, you can go look at our payroll. None of them do this because of the money. In fact, if you want to drop some sandwiches by the church, we'd appreciate that. (laughs) And I really believe we've only seen the tip of the iceberg if we grab hold of this and we run with it. We have each other's back. We go all in, heart and soul. We allow God to set our heart on fire for him and for others. Let's pray.